my heart embraced the will of God, my path aligned with His plan. As children of God, we have been given the ability to both obtain and enjoy wealth. Hi, my name is Tamara Hill, creator of Lift Off Your Finances, and I'm so excited to invite you to join this very special weekly program to learn more about your finances. This is not an investment series, nor are we focused on making you feel bad about any financial decisions that you've made until this point. Instead, we'll talk about how you can maximize what God has already placed in your hands. Hello, welcome back to Lift Off Your Finances. I'm your hostess, Tamara Hill. And today we're gonna to talk about part two of the power of giving. And I'm so excited about this because this time we're talking about the power of giving from a place of sufficiency and abundance. And if you recall, when we talked about the power of giving last time, we talked about that in terms of giving from a place of lack. Now, I say it in these scenarios because that includes everyone. We are either in a place of lack or sufficiency, which means that my needs are met, I'm not too worried about money, and abundance. This is where not only have my needs been met, but I'm able to help others. Wow, what a great place to be in. So giving is relevant for all of us, no matter where we are in those categories, and there's benefits too. So if you remember with that too, we talked about when you're giving, that is a tool to help transform your finances. And remember, Lift Off Your Finances is all about sharing biblical wisdom and practical tips. And so we also share practical strategies. And so this giving strategy is one that's often overlooked. People think, oh, I don't want to give or churches just want my money. But you know what? When you feel like that, you're leaving some real benefits on the table that the Lord himself has in store for you. And so I want to share more with you about this topic. And I invite you as well to let me know your thoughts. You can always call me at 720-792-5433, or an easy way to think about that is 720-792-LIFE. And just give me a call, let me know your thoughts. You can also email me. My email address is tamara at myliftoff.net. That's T-A-M-A-R-A at myliftoff.net. And so with that said, let's just jump into it. So today we're going to talk about the power of giving from a place of sufficiency and abundance. And so as always, when we talk about these things, we want to start with the scriptures. And so we have several today, and I'm happy to share them, starting with 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Well, if you've read 2 Corinthians, you know that chapter 9, the entire chapter really speaks specifically to people who are giving from that place of sufficiency or abundance. And again, sufficiency means that you have what you need, you're not stressed out about money, and abundance is where you can meet your needs and meet the needs of others outside of your household. So we'll take excerpts from that chapter because it's pretty, pretty long, but here's one right here, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. This is in the New King James Version, and it says, God is able to make all grace abound to you and that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And I emphasize that God is able to make all grace abound toward you because that's amazing, right? In this world that we live in, there's all kinds of things abounding. There's crime abounding. There's uh, worry abounding, poverty abounding. 
But look at what God can make abound in your life, grace. And if grace is abounding to you and your life and every other area of your life and your health, with your children, with your finances, we want that, right? I want that. <laughs> so we want that promise, okay? And then if you look at the same scripture in the Amplified Bible, it says, and God is able to make all grace, and look at what the Amplified says, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you. And I just love that scripture. Same scripture, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, but shared through a different lens in the translation. And so I hope that encourages you as we talk about the different benefits, the actual power of giving from a place of sufficiency or abundance. And so let's get into this discussion really quickly. If you want to hear more tips about this topic, I would invite you to check out my website, myliftoff.net. That's M-Y-L-I-F-T-O-F-F.net. And you'll see lots of resources to help you with your overall finances, whether you need, <clears throat> excuse me, whether you need help with budgets, whether you need information on giving, like we're talking about now, there's different resources there and you can also contact me. So let's touch base on giving again from a place of lack. Now, when we talked about that last week, the whole purpose there is that if you're giving from a place of lack and we gave examples from widows in the Old Testament, basically you're positioning yourself to see a miracle. And that's amazing because when you see something happen like that in your life, you have a testimony. And that's so valuable because when you share your testimony with others, essentially you're motivating them to take steps because sometimes you may think I'm in such a, a bad financial situation, there's nothing I can do. But when you tell them what God did for you and how he helped you, you're helping connect to change and that's so important. We're all connected and God made it that way. We need each other and we can help each other. So that's the beauty of that. Then whenever you do move to a place of sufficiency and abundance, I'll tell you from personal experience, you have such a gratitude towards God. And that's why I feel so honored to come here with you all each week because I know where I've come from. And if I pretended like I didn't know, somebody I'm sure would remind me. <laughs> and you know, I don't want the Lord to have to remind me through, you know, some humbling experience, but we just, you know, God takes us from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And so if you're moving from that place of lack and now God has blessed you to be in a place of sufficiency and abundance, you still have some things that you can do to experience transformation in your finances and in your overall life. And so I want to talk about why would you do this? I think that a lot of times, and we hear the Bible talk about this in the Old Testament. If you think about God when he was delivering the Israelites um, into the promised land, when he took them out of Egypt, he gave them very strong warnings, not just then, but throughout. Do not forget the Lord your God. When you come into this, this wealth, this new land, these great opportunities, and it's just, why would God say that? Well, he knows us better than us because he created us. And that our tendency is that when things are going well, we're not always worried about God. Now, I don't want to overgeneralize. I'm just using the example from, from the word. And so we want to think about that. We don't ever want to take anything for granted and think, I just made this happen myself. Though I'm sure to be where you are, you did have to make some sacrifice and work hard and do different things. But it's the grace of God that helps us to overcome and move into this sufficiency and abundance 
and we still want to honor him. And so what we want to think about is when God, when you're in this place of financial blessing, sufficiency and abundance, it is very easy to say, well, I'm here now. I'm not worried about finances. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done. <laughs> but you know what? It does matter to God if you're a giver. Because when you're giving, you're doing something that's very close to his God, close to his heart, excuse me. And how do I know that giving is close to God's heart? Because he gave everything he had. He gave us his son, Jesus. I mean, what a thing to give. And he gave us his son so that we may have life. And so when it comes to giving, there's no greater giver than God in terms of what he's already given and what he's willing to give you in the future if you trust him according to his word. So let's take a look at this. I have some examples in the Bible of where it shows that God does care about our giving if we are in a place of sufficiency or abundance. And this is a story, a familiar story about the widow woman, another widow. This is in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. And I'm reading from the Common English Bible translation. And it says, Jesus sat across from the collection box for the temple treasury and observed how the crowd gave their money. Wow. Well, oftentimes when we talk about this story, we comment on how God, Jesus said that, that the woman put in just a little bit of money, a few coins, and he said that she had given more than anybody because it was her sacrifice. But you know what? This, this scripture saying that Jesus was observing how the crowd gave their money, that lets us know that the Lord is watching our giving. And I think to myself, why was he doing that? <laughs> Why was he doing that? And I don't think it was meant to scare us or condemn us. I think it was meant to just simply say that when you do give, it's noticed. It's not like, oh, who cares if I took the trash out? You know, who cares if I washed the dishes last night or the laundry? I'm here by myself. It's not like that. If no one sees you, God sees you and he honors you and it pleases him when we're obedient in our giving. And another example I have is from the book of Acts. Love the book of Acts. This is about um, a man named Cornelius. And Cornelius was not a Jewish person. He wasn't even self-identified as a Christian at this point in the story. But he was part of the Italian regiment, and he was a centurion. So he was pretty a high-ranking official. And so Cornelius lived in Caesarea. And here's what the scripture says. I'm in Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. It says, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision, and he distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, Cornelius, and Cornelius stared. And, he, and the angel of the Lord said, listen to this, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Wow, here we are, this is someone, and we talk about Christianity, and we know that Jesus is the way, but I'm just saying that anyone who has a heart towards God, someone who's believing in him and praying and trying to help people is noticed because it's right here in the Bible. And you know what, God was so good that not only did he notice, he made sure that Cornelius had the opportunity to come to know Jesus, and so Cornelius was saved, his whole household was saved, and he had a key role in helping further the Christian movement in that area. So it was just amazing. And so I say all that to say that when you give, it does make a difference because giving 
is very close to the heart of God, and it's an act of worship. And so I want to continue talking about this a bit more because I think that sometimes it feels like, again, I'm, I'm, I've met my responsibilities. Why do I need to give? Well, right now we're in a stage in our history where people are worried about a recession. They're worried about what's going to happen to me and my family. How am I going to pay off these student loans? And so if you're a person who's in a place of abundance, you can help with a lot of these things. If you've been listening, you've heard me talk about divorce and finances because I've been divorced. And there's a lot of people who listen to us now who have been divorced. They have children. Maybe they have to move those children out of one school into another. Maybe they can't necessarily afford the schooling that they were in or the neighborhood. There's lots of needs. And so if you're in a place where you can help someone else, what a blessing. Not only a blessing from God, but it's going to bless your own soul to feel good and help someone else because we all need each other. I'll say that all the time here. We're all connected and we all need each other. And so if you're listening to me and thinking, well, where is a place for me to start um, if I'm in a place of sufficiency or abundance? Where can I start giving? Well, you know, you can always give your time. And you can always make donations, you know, in the community. There's so many um, opportunities there. But, you know, whenever you give to your local church, way you, the way you normally hear about that is through tithes and offerings. And so I know that tithes are not always popular with people. <laughs> They'll say things like, oh, that's Old Testament. But you know what? So are the Psalms and the Proverbs, and we love those, don't we? So let's not just pick and choose. There's value throughout the Bible. And I understand what the New Testament said, because we talked about that at the top of the program, where, where we talked about 2 Corinthians 9, and then there it talks about too, in 2 Corinthians, giving what's on your heart, um, not based on compulsion. And I agree with that too. But it's a good place to start if you're trying to think, well, how can I give in a consistent way? Tithes and offerings are a great way to do that, and there's some great benefits for doing so. And so once again, let's start with the word. And so this one is from the one that we know the most from Malachi, where it says that when we, God was asking them, will a man rob God? And it goes into tithes and offerings. And God said that if you open up, if you give, he will open up the witness of heaven and pour out a blessing that cannot be contained. This is in Malachi chapter 3. And you know what? The second part of that goes on to say that, and he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Well, I know that when I was tithing initially, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I was just, you know, trying to do something right. And so basically, I always focus on the second half of that scripture, that God would rebuke the devourer for my sake. Well, what is the devourer? That could be anything that's trying to stop you. That could be the devourer of your health. That could be the devourer of your income. That could be the devourer of your relationships. These things happen. You can be having a great day and all of a sudden out of nowhere, something comes against you. And that's because we have an enemy in this world. And so we want to think about that. There's a promise with that. But the first half of that promise in Malachi talks about God opening up the abundant windows of heaven and pouring out blessing that cannot be contained. Now, I've mentioned that before on this show that my grandparents were pastors and they would say, Tammy, that's what they call me, Tammy, don't, don't just focus on money. You know, whatever God gives you is not always money. And that's true because for the first 12 years when I tithed, I didn't have any type of 
abundance. I didn't. But you know what? It doesn't exclude money either. However God wants to bless you in abundance is a good thing. And for me, I think it just taught me to trust him. Because during those times of tithing, I never did go under, so to speak. Yes, I lost jobs. Yes, I got divorced. Yes, I had to leave the beautiful home and resources that we had together. But you know what? I never just went under. And more than that, God pulled me up. That's why I'm here with you. Thank you, Jesus, and talking about what he can do. He's no respecter of persons. The Bible says that. And so he, I'm no different than you. If he can help me, he can help you. And so we want to trust him to do that and believe that he can do it. I think that even before the trust is just even believing like, well, maybe this is true. <laughs> maybe I, I can trust God in this area. So that's the first tip for tithing. And then the other thing about tithing, I want to talk some more about my tithing journey. As I mentioned, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was young and got saved in college and started going to church and reading my Bible because that's what I was advised to do. You're a new Christian. You want to know what you believe in. And, and then that, that's true. We, we need to know the word of God. We need, and the way, the best way to do that is to go to church really. Um, and listen to things like these, listen to sermons on YouTube and the radio and just really immerse yourself in the word of God. And so that's what I was doing. And so when he talked about tithing, I thought this, this just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I, I don't get it. And so when I heard that, I thought, okay, I'll try it. You know, I, I can't tell you I won't ever make a mistake again, but I'll try it. And so you know what? I never stopped. I never stopped tithing. And as I mentioned before, you know, God gave me the grace to do that. And so since then, I've seen all kinds of miracles in my life. And I do attribute it to God just fulfilling his word. Now, does that mean that if you're not a tither, God's not going to help you? I didn't say that. I'm just saying that specifically what he said about tithing is that there is something special for you. And we have to believe him for that. And so the second scripture about tithing that I want to share is that it's in Proverbs 3. And, and the Bible says that if we honor the Lord with our first fruits, that's our tithes, he honor the Lord with our first fruits that our storage houses may be filled with plenty and our vats overflowing with new wine. That's beautiful because it's saying that whatever resource we need in our life, it's going to be there if we trust in him. And so whenever we start giving, tithing, however you're doing it, even like I said, with your time, because time can be more valuable than money. I think anyone who's been living a while can agree with that. You get so many benefits. And so I want to talk about some of those benefits with you. So the first thing is, this is from the scriptures, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. This is beautiful because it speaks to nourishment. So listen to this, um, to this word, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And let me tell you, the thing about this refreshing is you don't know when you need it, but when you need it, it's there. I met a couple recently, they were some very influential people. I believe the, the man was some sort of executive and his wife, she didn't have to work and they had two beautiful boys. And one of them had brain cancer out of nowhere, a, a young teen. You know what, all the money in the world can't solve that. And yes, they were blessed to have money to access the treatments and the care. But again, healing is an act of God. And so there's, there's just some things that money can't buy. And so these people who 
you know, they were good people, but they weren't, I don't know what their relationship was with the Lord before, but let me tell you, it got strengthened. And the way it got strengthened is that they had a friend, a neighbor, who prayed with them, who stood in faith with them, who let them know that God is a healer. And you know what? That nourished them in the time when they did not ever think they would be in this situation. So we want to have that in our lives. So again, Proverbs 11, 25, I'm going to read it to you in a different translation. This is the voice translation. A giving person will receive much in return, and someone who gives water will also receive the water he needs. And it's emphasis on he needs, because what I need may not be what you need. And that's what's so wonderful about God. He is the great I am, and he can be whatever we need. I am what you need, Tamara. I am what you need, Joey. I am what you need, Mary. Whatever you need, he has that. So that scripture just reminds us of that. Amen. And so the other thing about giving when you're giving from a place of sufficiency um, or abundance, this is the second benefit, is that we are pleasing God. And this applies to everyone. Remember the story we mentioned at the top of the show about Cornelius? I mean, he didn't even have that type of relationship yet where he knew Jesus, but he loved God. He wanted to do the right thing, and it was pleasing to God. And I'll tell you how I know that. It's in his word in Hebrews 13, 16. It says, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Wow, well, that's pretty straightforward there, and I thank God he feels like that. Amen. So number three, Here's another benefit of giving from a place of sufficiency or abundance. It says we are rewarded. This is from Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. I, I just think that's so amazing that the God who created heaven and earth, all of us, is so close to the poor that when you're given to the poor, you're lending to him. What a close place for God to align himself with. We live in a world now where people want to be aligned with the top of the pops. They want to be with the celebrities. I want to be with the influencers. But the Lord aligns himself with the poor. So if you are a person who's after the heart of God and you care about those and you're compassionate and you're giving in whatever way you're doing that, he will reward you. It says it right there in Proverbs. So... A fourth benefit is that good, just the word good, will come to you. And so this is in Psalm 112.5. It says, good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. And, you know, I think that's so wonderful that it doesn't specify what good is. You know, good can be a good word. <laughs> good can be someone saying something good about you. That's what I mean about a good word. Good can be good news. Good can be a breakthrough in your finances, a breakthrough in your health. Whatever good God wants to send in your life, that's a good thing. <laughs> and you want that. I want that. I want the good that God gives because the good that God gives is going to be pure. It's going to be based in truth. And it's not going to put you in a bad situation. So many things come into our lives that look good, but they're not. And so we want to trust God and his word that he will send good. Amen. The fifth benefit of giving, especially if you're doing tithes and offerings or anything in a, in a regular way on a, on a traditional cadence or a routine cadence, 
this is that you'll have a balanced attitude about money. And so this is from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 18. And look at this. It says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant and not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Oh, I love that. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Wow, that says it all in 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 18. Look at this. It says that if you're rich, don't put your hope in that wealth. And I think we have constant reminders of that right now with this ongoing pandemic, fears about interest rates and mortgages. You know, you can get really worried. The stock market, we don't want to put our, our hope in our wealth. We want to put our hope in God because he is the source of any resource we have in our life. And then also it talks about God will richly provide for us everything for our enjoyment. I think that's important because remember, lift off your finances is based on Deuteronomy 8.18 as well as Ecclesiastes 5.18 through 20. Well, Deuteronomy is telling us that God gives us the ability to produce wealth. And Ecclesiastes says that not only does God give us the ability to produce that wealth, but he blesses us further to enjoy that wealth. And it says in here, too, that's such a big deal, y'all. This show is about both. Yes, it may take some effort up front to really get out of debt and get in a, in a good financial place, but it's not meant to just make you miserly and, and frugal the rest of your life. You want to enjoy what God has given you. Amen? And so this section, again, from 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 18, gives us that balance. And so that's the fifth benefit of giving. It helps us to keep that balanced mindset. When we give, we're, we're worshiping God and we're acknowledging that, Lord, you gave me these resources, and it's an honor to return it to you and to your people. And so with that said, we're coming to the end of this episode, and I'm so thankful for you. And as always, we want to pray. And so I want to invite you to pray with me. So, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you so much for blessing us to study your word together and to really strengthen our faith together, God, that you're with us in every situation. And for those who have already been blessed and have seen your abundance, God, you've uniquely positioned them to do something more that's close to your heart, which is to give. Give to the local church, give to communities, and God, you've talked about all these ways that you'll bless them. So Father, I pray a blessing for everyone, and if someone's listening to me who says, I'm, I'm not there yet in a place of sufficiency or abundance, I pray, Lord, you'll inspire them to know that you have that for them too, if we just keep trusting you. You know, you don't operate on our timelines, God, but you have something for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we love you. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Lift Off Your Finances. I hope you'll reach out to me at 720-792-LIFE and check me out on my website at myliftoff.net. We love you and we're praying for you and look forward to talking to you next week. My path aligns.